Welcome to Recognize Your Truth. I am your host, Lisa Williams. This is the podcast that offers motivation and inspiration to act, speak, and think in ways that make a positive impact on your life. Each week, we bring you a message or a guest that offer you tools to live up to your full potential. I literally pinch myself every time I record a new podcast. This is a dream that has been eight years in the making, and I'm so grateful that you are spending a part of your day with me. Hey, thanks for joining me. This is Lisa. I recognize your truth, and I am with Mike Sesniak of the Results Engine Podcast. Thanks, Mike, for joining me. Welcome. Thanks for having me, Lisa. I appreciate it. Uh, Mike is a high-performance coach. He is trained under Brenda, Brendan, excuse me, Brendan Bruchard. He's going to love that I screwed up his name, right? And um, he is currently running a brand-new podcast and has some amazing guests on there, so y'all need to go check it out, and we'll make sure we link everything up at the end. But, Mike, kind of tell me a little bit about your story. I'd love to hear how you got started in the coaching business and how you got trained under Brendan. So if you don't mind sharing a little bit about that. Yeah, hundred percent. So I actually started in corporate America. So I went to school entirely based on where I could play soccer and kind of dumb lucked my way into engineering. And I spent a number of years building a career in corporate America. Um, and engineering was a cool way for me to fund the beginning of my entrepreneurial endeavors. And it kind of just took me five years to finally leave. Um, but it was an awesome experience. I learned a ton and, and again, was able to fund that while I was growing that career though, I started three different businesses. Uh, one of them was a network marketing business. One of them was an e-commerce and like drop shipping business. And then finally was the coaching and consulting which I resisted for a very long time, by the way, probably about three years. I was always in like leadership roles, growing other organizations, but for some reason, like the coaching industry gave me, I had like a really bad stigma about it just personally, based on what I saw on social media at the time. And uh, meeting Brendan at an event was actually, and hearing the terms high performance, because that was like the lens that I looked at everything through. You know, I was a goalkeeper in soccer, so I feel, I think very like, aggressively uh, and like intensely and that athletic mindset is really what I've always looked at things through so I could just resonate with those terms and for whatever reason that gave me permission to enter the space and I wrote my first program which was called fear hacking academy on the flight home from that event uh, and then I just went in full force I was building that business for about a year and a half while still in corporate doing the whole Gary V like 5 to 7 a.m. and 7 to 11 p.m. type stuff eventually took that full time and then shortly thereafter I was certified through high performance Institute which is Brendan's company so I'm gonna back up a little bit because you said you resisted going into the coaching and then it's just interesting that your first you know, the thing that you wrote about the first course that you taught on was fear hacking. So mm -hmm. what was the resistance going into the coaching industry? Yeah, I just had a really negative stigma around it. At the time, you know, Instagram was pretty new. Uh -huh. not, not really, but I was new to Instagram and it, was, it wasn't as big as it, was, as it is now. And you know, at the time I just saw a lot of like really young kids with the terms life coach in their Instagram bio. And I'm like, 
dude, you're 17. Like what experience <laughs> do you have to share? This was like how I was thinking, right? Sure. And I'm like, you don't have any experience. You don't have any clients. Like you don't have a business. What are you, what are you talking about? So I just didn't want to be associated with these terms really. And I also, to be fair and to take some responsibility here, like I didn't understand what coaching was at the time. I thought it was what really was consulting, right? Which is providing a solution. I didn't realize that coaching isn't really doing that. Um, and that probably comes from the athletic world, which is like a coach teaches you how to do something. Right. Um, I didn't realize that your job as a coach is really to facilitate conversation and, and help navigate breakthroughs, not necessarily provide the breakthrough, if that makes sense. Right. It, so, you're kind of putting it back on them. You're just guiding them in the right direction. Exactly. And I didn't understand that back then. So you pair that with just this like negative view of what I saw on social media. I just didn't want to be associated with that. And um, because I was already like, I was already helping people just right. in different vehicles. Right. So, but like for whatever reason, and here, actually this is a funny story. When I went to go get certified as a high performance coach, I was blown away how many people were throwing around the term life coach. Right. And I was like, no, like I'm not that. Like I'm a high performance coach. <laughs> you had to it's, all, yourself. <laughs> it's all ego talking, right? But right. It, it, like call it whatever you want as long as I'm serving. And right. but yeah, that was that was why. That was the the stigma, I guess. Okay, so tell me a little bit about fear hacking and, and how that came about. Yeah, fear hacking was a really cool practice that I was doing for myself for a number of years. Every time Here's the thing, like so often, the majority of the time, we know what we're supposed to do, right? Like we know what we should be doing, but we don't do it for whatever reason, or, or maybe we just don't do it at the level in which we should. Okay. And uh, for me, fear hacking, at the time it wasn't called that, it was just a practice that I was putting in place, right? To, to really scale production around certain areas, certain action items that I had either like lost from myself or like maybe had fallen by the wayside or, or whatever it is just to create some momentum. And usually it was just frankly to, to get back pieces of myself that I lost during like darker times or like when I was going through a funk or whatever it is, just to build that momentum to come out of it. And um, I started applying it to business stuff. Production went through the roof and for like, oddly enough, a couple months before I met Brendan, and really dove into the coaching space, coaching space, excuse me. I was listening to a podcast and I think it was Mel Robbins on Lewis Howe's podcast. And she delivered something that I had undoubtedly heard before, like a thousand percent heard before, but the way she said it really resonated. And it, it was everything that explained it. And all of a sudden I understood why the practice that I was doing had worked. And I realized that I could then piece it together and, and deliver this product and, and help, help people bring this to life and not only bring it to life, but understand why it's working. And that was just very simply that decisions are emotional. They're not logical. Right. right? So right. if we can learn to leverage fear instead of just getting paralyzed by it, like most people think of fear, you think of like spiders or like heights or whatever, like negative things. And if we could put ourselves back in the driver's seat, take control of the situation and realize that that fear, we could actually leverage it to drive the decisions we know we need to be making so we can get results faster. It'd be a really cool practice. And that's what we did. So what are some of the, the steps that you took to, to help drive that fear to making better decisions? Yeah. So if we know, 
Our decisions are driven by our emotions, right? And we know what emotions are more powerful. It's typically, it comes down to pain versus pleasure, right? And pain is far more powerful, unfortunately, but we have like a 2000 year old brain and we're wired to keep ourselves safe at all costs, right? And it's kind of like, there's so many things happening around us. We're not going to, we can't take in everything at once. We take in what we deem as important information, which is guard is really the purpose of it is to keep us safe. Right. So if we know that, and we know that the pain is more powerful, well, then we can manufacture a decision or manufacture a situation that will drive the emotion we need to drive, right? Essentially manufacturing fear, something that's not actually going to harm us in any way, but it will drive the decisions that we know we need to be making such that some negative outcome, right? Whether that is something as silly as like having to go and like dance in front of the entire gym and like sing a a silly song, right? Mm -hmm something is something as simple and as silly as that will then drive the the decision because all of a sudden our fear of having to do that is way more powerful than the desire to sit on the couch and watch Netflix. And that is the emotion that will then drive that decision. Right? So when you learn how to do things like that, all of a sudden we can drive all the decisions that we know we need to be making and, and we're human, let's be real, but it's just a practice that we can do to, to boost the opportunity for us to, to make the right decisions. Um, And I think, you know, like for me, some of the things that, that helped me was to actually face my fears and um, you know, like I'm, I'm scared of heights. I've been scared of heights. So um, I had an opportunity over the summer to go hiking um, in the Chicago basin, which is in Colorado. And Mm -hmm. we got to to hike up uh, 14,000 foot mountains. And for me, that was facing my fear. You know, it it, it just, and actually loved it. Like loved it so much, I can't wait to do it again. So, you know, it's, it's facing your fears physically, which actually helped me face my fears emotionally as well. Yeah. And, and I think the, the bigger point, and I didn't realize this when I built the program, but it's something that I put a lot more of a focus on now when I'm supporting people through this is there's so much more to be said for just keeping your word to yourself Mm -hmm. and the confidence, the confidence that's built in the process, like it's invaluable. Right. So it's, it's so powerful. Right. Um, okay. So I'm going to ask you a little bit more about your journey. Um, Mm -hmm. so I know you were in corporate America. I know you left corporate America. You started a high performance coaching institute that you, you know, train and, and develop people and you have your podcast, but what led you to that path of leaving corporate America and, and starting your own kind of, if you could dive into that in between space of where you were. Yeah, for sure. So I always knew that I was going to leave corporate. For me, it was a it was a cool way to solve some cool problems, right? Like flex that brain muscle that we have, make a bunch of money and fund my personal development, the beginning of my entrepreneurial journey, all this fun stuff. So, uh-huh. and that actually that actually really served me because um, the nature of the, the technology products that we owned, like my team in particular, it wasn't that exciting all the time. Right. Any other like young 20 something engineer would probably have left if technology was only the, the only thing that they wanted to do. 
But for me, it, it gave me an opportunity to shift my perspective a little bit and be like, okay, well, I'm not going to get that, but the, the technology skills right now, but maybe I'll get the soft skills because I know I want to be in business, right? So I could shift my focus and, and maintain my like fulfillment while I was there without losing my mind. Uh-huh. Um, but on that journey, like I, like, like I mentioned, I, I was always knew I was going to leave and it was just about developing skill sets and, and uh, being able to fund that journey. So I was constantly tasting with entrepreneurship and all these things. But what's interesting is while I was in corporate, uh, you know, I was growing really, really linearly. Every year was either a big raise or a big promotion. Uh, and things were going well. I was hitting all the targets I wanted by like the age of 25. Before the age of 25, I was a senior, uh, senior engineer and had like the six figure salary, like all the targets that I'd set out for. Right. Right. And on the outside, it seemed like everything was going super well, but behind closed doors, I was completely broken and I didn't know why. Like everything was supposed to be, I grew up very much in the structure of go to school, get good grades so you can get a good job. And I had the good job and I was making more money than most of the people that I knew at my age. Uh Right. I had the luxury apartment, all these things that like were completely ego driven, but were like what I was supposed, I thought I was supposed to have, but I was struggling a ton with anxiety and panic behind closed doors. And I'll never forget January 1st, 2014 was the first time that I ever experienced a full, full blown panic, panic attack. And uh, my roommate was out of town at the time. And I'll never forget. I literally, I was watching Captain Phillips, which I hate this part of the story because I was so freaking excited to watch Captain Phillips and now it's like, ruined. <laughs> uh-huh. but I, I picked up the phone to call my mother because in those moments, like if anyone's ever experienced this, it's like, there's a thousand pounds on your chest and you just feel like you can't breathe. Yeah, I've been and there. Yeah. And I, I call my mom for just to get some connection. Right. And just cause like, I don't want to be that kid, like call 911 on myself. Right. You know, and like I didn't know what was going on. So I called her and I, I just remember having to like literally put the phone on mute while I was face down in a toilet in the middle of this attack. Cause it was so bad. And I just didn't want to scare her more than sure. like she probably already was. Sure. So it set me on this path of like the next year, just trying to figure out what the heck was going on because I thought that I just couldn't breathe. I went and I got my chest x-rayed. I did the breathing test, try to figure out all these things, right? And it yielded zero answers, like absolutely none. They didn't even use the word anxiety to me once. Like I had to sell, like figure it out myself wow. by getting connected with the right people talking about certain things and, and just starting to realize that that might have actually been what was going on. I struggled with it for a while. And being an engineer, I had to reverse engineer, like what the heck was happening to me. And what I realized is every single time without fail, every single time that I experienced one of these attacks, it was because I felt it was in a moment where I felt guilty for not working. That's interesting. Yeah. As you were successful, according to the goals that you set and Mm -hmm. you were meeting the performances of obviously the, the employers that you worked for. So that's interesting. Yeah. And it was that I felt guilty for not working on everything outside of work. Okay. Cause I wanted so badly to create all these things and to be able to take the business full time. And I had all these like super like audacious goals, which I still firmly believe in and I still have them. But I realized that I had no idea what productivity was. 
And I just thought it was like getting things done and checking things off of a to-do list. And I just didn't realize that doing things doesn't matter if the things you're doing don't matter. Right. So I, yeah, I just spent all this time like feeling, and I, long story short, I realized that if I were able to show up more powerfully when I was working and then maybe pair it with a little bit more of a, a self-serving mindset around it, because at the same time, I also didn't realize that social media was a complete highlight reel, right? I was looking at the oh, people yeah. that seemingly had what I wanted and I didn't realize that I wasn't looking at their whole journey. I was just looking at the wins and the highs right. and they weren't really showing the lows. So I was using that as like the template and realizing I wasn't living in alignment with that which was fine because it wasn't the actual template, but I didn't realize that. So if I could pair a better understanding of productivity with a better understanding that that's not what it actually is like on social media, I could have avoided a lot of what I went through. So it sent me on a rabbit hole, just geeking out about productivity. And eventually that productivity is a, an element of high performance. It's a, a piece of what we do with our clients. And um, it's eventually it sent me down that path, but it all stemmed from that like really interesting, a uh, couple of years going through that. So I'm gonna, I wanna unpack this a little bit because really what I'm super interested in and what I find fascinating when people tell me their stories of their journey is what was your mindset? Like you, you were having panic attacks, you were having anxiety, you know, you were feeling guilty for not doing what you had these audacious goals to do. And so, how did you start taking those steps to make that happen and like grow yourself and diminish the panic and the anxiety? Yeah, I think about this so often because I don't know the answer, but I'll try and talk out some of it and hopefully it'll be valuable. <laughs> okay. Um, I always try and think out like, I wish I could just pinpoint a time and I was like, this is what, what changed the game and why I've never, because I, I experience anxiety all the time. Sure. It has not turned into a full-blown panic attack in a number of years. And I'm super grateful for that. Could be meditation, could be a better understanding of what I actually want and what I want to create and understanding that I'm living in alignment with that and I'm allowed to enjoy myself once in a while. Uh, I had very unrealistic expectations for myself uh, back in the day. Uh, it could be a lot of these things, but I, I struggled with for a really long time with it because these attacks would literally, I don't think I've ever actually talked about this side of it, but they would set me on like a three-day funk. Like I, I would go to work, I would get my job done for my employer and I would come home and I would be out of it. Like not good. And uh, I was, uh, in hindsight, I'm very fortunate that at least I would cling to personal development because I would stray away from the things that would actually drive revenue in the business that I was building at the time. But in my head, I would rationalize it and be like, well, at least I'm reading, like I'm doing something, <laughs> right? you know, right. And, and I'm grateful that I had that to cling to instead of just like Netflix or something like whatever sure. else it was. But yeah, that that's that's what I did for a really long time. It's like, I, I would just cling to personal development to get me through those waves. Uh -huh. And eventually I could get back to, to growing the business I was building. But, so I, I'm always fascinated um, because, you know, just me and growing myself, I've discovered that there's this recipe to 
growing yourself in, in personal mm -hmm. development. And it's not just one thing. It's not just meditation or reading or so share with me, if you don't mind, some of the things that you did to that, what you call personal development, what was, what was your recipe, you know, podcast, reading, meditation, you know, share some of those, those steps with me. Yeah. I think back then was when I was starting to explore meditation, but I can't say confidently that I did it every day. Meditation, frankly, has been super volatile for me the last couple of years while I've been practicing it. I'll go through waves. And right now I'm on day, how many days left are there in the year? This is the 23rd. So I'm on like day 83, I think, of meditation, like in a row, which I'm super wow. proud of. That's impressive. Um, yeah. And it, frankly, it's because it's part of a blitz, like a fear hacking type thing. It's uh -huh. like the only reason that I'm really firming it up into habit right now. But um, I can't say that I did it every single day back then. I would read very, very regularly. That was probably the most consistent thing for me. I was surrounded by some pretty awesome people. And from like a business and a networking perspective, not necessarily, uh, well, I was surrounded by great people in my personal life as well, but maybe like three or four of them knew what I was actually going through. Uh -huh. Like my parents, maybe my sister, I don't even know if she did. Uh, and like my roommate and one of my best friends. So I don't know, that, that undoubtedly played a role, but it really wasn't until I started to introduce things that ultimately became fear hacking when I really started to get like, for lack of a better phrase, like get my act together and start really living more in alignment with who I thought I was and what I, who I wanted to be. And I really just started to, I call them blitzes, but it's like literally just daily and weekly non-negotiables. Like what, who am I going to live in alignment with being? Right. And uh, what does that person do? Right. So for the last 83 days that has been making my bed every day. It has been meditating every day. It has been certain key business building activities based on my current goals and based on what's super important to me. And they're non-negotiable and I haven't missed a single thing in all of Q4 and I won't because I'm going to win. That's and, awesome. I love hearing that. You know, and, and, and that's really, it was the start of it back then. I didn't realize it, but that was kind of what happened is, you know, you start to build that confidence and I wish I had an answer for what like built up that mindset and like reeled it back in to be like, okay, social media is a highlight reel. This is actually what's going on in that world. So I'm allowed to live my life this way, the way that I want to, and still get what I want. Right. right? And, and bridging that gap. But that's like this intangible thing that I, I can't, I can't poke to or point to one thing and be like, that was unfortunate. <laughs> well, and I think you shared a lot, you know, you were reading, you were meditating, you were um, surrounding yourself with people that were, that had the positive mindset <laughs> that you, you know, that were maybe encouraging and empowering you. And I think, like I said, I think there's this recipe to, to maintaining a healthy mindset and, you know, and then you were, you were also, you had the drive and the desire to make that happen. And so, like you said, um, setting up non-negotiables, I think we're the first person to cancel ourselves with ourselves. Like if I was to set up an appointment with you, like for instance, this interview for this podcast, I wouldn't cancel on you because 
you're depending on me to show up. You're, you know, I, I'm, I want to be a responsible adult and, and do that. But if it was something that I needed to do on my own, you know, maybe I would be the first person to cancel on myself. And so I love that you set up the non-negotiables. And I like the, the term that you use, like, I'm going to do this. This is not an option. Thank you. Yeah. Ed Milet says it best. And the way he says it is basically happiness comes that boils down to self-confidence and self-confidence comes from doing what we say we're going to do over and over again. And for me, my word to other people is extremely important to me, sure. but I, I always knew that my word to myself was more important and I couldn't quite put it into words. And then I heard Ed share that and it just, it, it clicked for me. So every time we don't keep our word to ourselves in those situations and we're like, oh, I'll do it tomorrow. Or like, I'm not going to go to the gym because I'm tired or whatever it is, insert random excuse that we're trying to rationalize as fact. We're, we're whittling away that self-confidence. So for me, that's why these blitzes are so important. These non-negotiables are so important because every single time we're stacking a win on top of one another. Right. Right. And, and the more that we can stack, the higher that confidence is going to be, the more the fulfillment and happiness is going to go through the roof. So, well, and I love that you, um, you wanted to align what you were doing with who you are and you wanted to speak your truth, walk your truth, recognize your truth. So I, I love that. Um, okay, Mike, tell me or tell my audience, how can we get a hold of you? Where, um, where can they find you? And we will make sure and link everything up in the show notes as well. Yeah. Thank you. The best place is just the podcast, okay. uh, the results engine podcast, wherever you're listening to this, it's, definitely on there as well. Uh, all your favorite podcast players. And, you know, we're doing a lot of really cool interviews over there. We're going to be rolling out some solo episodes as well, like really high performance driven. So if you're interested in, in scaling your results faster without the burnout, the stress, the anxiety, the fatigue, all these things that we think come with getting more results, doing it in a way that feels good, you're going to want to check it out. So we'd love to see you over there. Awesome. So thank you so much again for joining me. I, I want to recognize you for a couple of things. Um, for A, sharing your story and being vulnerable and, you know, B, just really diving into, um, you know, some of your personal journey and, and some of your personal stories. So I just want to recognize you for that. So thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thank you, Lisa. I appreciate the, uh, the opportunity to join you. This has been fun. If you like what you hear and you want to know more information, you could contact me at lisa at recognizeyourtruth.com. I also sell my sticky notes on my website at recognizeyourtruth.com. If you are looking to launch a podcast and you want to know step-by-step step how to do it, I have a course that is starting in January, but I have a free guidebook on how to launch a podcast where I put a lot of great content and information in there and you can get that in the show notes. The music is Genuine by Julio Ortiz. Thanks again for listening and have a blessed day. Feel love for the first